All right, good morning. Come on, you're here. Good morning. You drove through the rain, the sleet, and the snow. One of the things I always like to do is to be practical, to give you practical things. I don't know if I always succeed, but I want to give you something you can use, you know, every day, every week. And today, I want to give you a scripture that you can use tonight. And it's Revelation 5, verse 5, that reads, The Lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered. Let's go. Let's go. Huh? Practical. Keep it practical. All right. All right, I can't do that all day. You won't listen to anything else that I say. Thank you, sweetie. All right. We do want to uh, welcome everybody who's with us online, except we have a blackout in the Bay Area. Uh, we are, everyone else in the U.S., we welcome you online. Let's welcome our online family. All right. Good stuff. How is everybody? You doing good? All right. We're doing our series, Growing in Our Relationship with God. It's important that you have a relationship with God. I want to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, there are some people who, who talk about atheism or agnostic, and I, I want to chat with you folks for a minute. Um, politely, I don't believe you. And I mean, no disrespect, but uh, nice try. You know, you don't believe in God. I mean, it's like not believing in air, it kind of doesn't matter. Like most pastors who get up here and try to prove you wrong and tell you all the consequences to it, I'm just telling you, if you think you're not relating to God, God's still relating to you. So you can think about it a little bit. You know, so like, you know, if you're a mom and you, and you give birth to a child um, and you ask a, one of the infants that was up here, you know, seven weeks old. How's your relationship with your mom? They were going, what? I don't even have an idea that there's such a thing as a relationship. Do you know that scientists tell us that for a while, the infants don't even know there's a difference between them and mom. They don't even understand that there's a difference. So all I really think when I think of atheism or agnostic, it's just infancy, that's all it is. I just haven't become aware yet. You're swimming in God, bro. In him, or Paul would say, in him you live and move and have your being, if you need a Bible verse, Acts 17. In him you have your existence. So first we need to kind of put that out there because in case some people say, you know, I don't really need this because I don't have a relationship with God, therefore I'm not here to grow. First thing you need to understand is no matter what you say or do, you have, God has a relationship to you. Whether you've recognized it, whether you've opened your eyes to it, that's another thing. Man, I love the songs today. Let us become more aware of your presence. If I could summarize this whole series, I might summarize it in that word, awareness. Because God's there when you're aware of him and not. How many of you, you raised some kids and they were a little
what you've done for them. <laughs> okay, I connected. Uh, we're unaware. Clueless describes it, Pastor. We, 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 don't get, we don't get what God does for us every minute of every day. Politely, we're clueless. But God's pouring out his mercy and his goodness to us minute by minute. Really growing in that relationship is just about awareness. It's about waking up the fact that he's been here all along, guiding us and, and getting us there. But I, I would like to talk about growing. Because I think as we grow, we start with, we're, we're fuzzy, we're, we're unclear, but we grow over time. And, it, and like it said with Moses, Moses talked to God face to face, intimately, as a man would talk with his friend. That's where we want to be. Are you with me? Who wants to go on the journey? I'd like. Now, now. I think there's something special about being there. But a lot of us are different places on our journey, and so Moses didn't always talk to God that way. We have Moses with thundering clouds and lightning and, and burning bush and all kinds of things, but it does say they talked face to face. I think that's a picture of our spiritual journey. And I want to say a couple of things. First, it's okay if you're on a journey. It's okay if you wake up tomorrow and you don't feel like God's staring you in the face. Is that, that's okay, because you're on a journey. You're getting there. Are you with me? It's like, it's okay if, you, if you, the first day you walk into the gym, you aren't bench pressing 285. That's okay. It's nice that you walked into the gym. Huh? Just do something besides the sauna. That's all I'm asking. Two pushes, whatever it is. But you, you're, what you're saying is, I'm here to make progress. I'm here to grow. I'm here to make a step. I'm going to grow in that relationship with God. So I'm here to grow. So it's okay that you're growing. Another thing that we need to talk about. It's okay if other people are growing. Let's be nice with other people who are growing. Mark chapter 9. Let's do that. Mark chapter 9. Are you ready? After six days, verse 2, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. One of the things about growing in your relationship with God is your view of God changes, is transfigured. They always saw Jesus, they were always with him, but they hadn't seen him like this. And seen him like this. Curious, who here, your view of God has changed over the course of your life? Lots of hands. That's part of our spiritual maturity. When we're spiritually immature, we talked about that last week, like a base camp. And that's okay. Again, everybody's got to be at base camp. You've got to acclimatize. You've got to grow. 
So it's okay where you are, but when you're here, you think God is some like religious version of Santa Claus. That the main thing that you talk to God about is getting stuff. You go to God when you're in need. I need something. And the primary use that you have for God is to get things. And if you have to be a good boy and be on the nice list instead of the naughty list, okay, I'll do it just so I can get my stuff. But what you view God is God's the one that's supposed to change the stuff around me, change my environment, change my job, change my kids. Can you, Pastor, can you pray for my kids? Can you pray for my boss? He's such an idiot. Can you pray? I get more money. Can you pray? And what, what's the primary takeaway? The takeaway is God changed the stuff around me. That's a low level. That's a starter. That's base camp spirituality, relationship with God. That's okay. My daughter asks me for stuff every single day. <laughs> but as you grow, you see God differently. One of the things that will, will change, he was transfigured, like, whoa, I've never seen him like this. Is you will see that God is not just to change the stuff around you, God's here to change. What? Dare I say, I think that's the primary idea of our relationship with God. God wants to change us. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared... Before them, Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Man, there's so much to talk about here. Elijah and Moses had gone on. You know. um, let's just talk about this for a minute. I've noticed over my tenure of pastoring, which is now a lot longer than it used to be. Uh, when people get close to passing on, very often their view changes, their perspective changes. I was talking to somebody just the other day who was telling me about losing their husbands, sort of caught this rare, like, all of a sudden, I didn't expect to lose him. He was young, younger than me. And, but she said at the end, he, he kept looking. His eyes kept looking to the right, up and to the right. And, and he kept saying, it's okay, let him do it. So I don't know who you're talking to. He said, I'm talking to Jesus. Now, whether you believe those kind of stories or not, but let me just say this. <laughs> There's no question, because I've seen it. Anybody got an old shirt? Real old shirt, like I got some really old flannels that I just can't, I can't give them up. It's hard to give up an old flannel. And uh, the elbows get a little worn. And you get to the spot where you can look through, all the way through. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's still there, but it's so thin. You can see through it. I'll tell you a couple of things. What's past the veil 
the closer people have gotten there, I, I think it gets thinner for them. I think they can see. And I'll tell you another thing. You don't have to be close to death to do that. That's what's called spiritual maturity. You can see. Remember what Paul said, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has in store for those that love him. Yet, it says, God revealed by his spirit. So somehow there is this ability to connect. Now, can I go just a little bit deeper today? Look, how many disciples did Jesus have? Not a trick question. Please don't get me reprimanded when I get to heaven. If you don't know, there's 12 disciples. <laughs> Lord Almighty, I'm going over here. <laughs> Y'all go to Sunday school and I'll be back in a couple weeks. How many disciples did Jesus have? How many climbed the mountain? Three. Not everybody's always ready for the journey. Let me just be, be a little more plain. A lot of people like base camp. That's where they want to live. That's where they want their relationship with God to be. Santa Claus. They don't want it anymore. I, I, I literally had people ask me, like, I get the jokes about the lions and all that. I made one too. Uh, no, we're not praying for the lions. Sorry. God of the universe, not the God of Detroit, Michigan. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Please, God, tell me you understand what I'm saying. All right. Help us, Lord. Talk about base camp. It's, not everybody wants to go higher. Often in the scriptures, the mountaintop is this pinnacle, it's this place of, of true connection with God. Here's the, whole, here's the whole key. The key to your health and happiness and deep, deep satisfaction in life is the mountaintop. It says there, Rabbi, verse five, it is good. Everybody say, it is good. One, two, three, it is it's good. Peter says, it is good for us to be here. When you, when you and God are like this with Moses face to face, that's good. That's good. Can I tell you something else? That's all you're looking for. No matter if you're running to, you know, I got to go to Cancun, I got to go to here, I got to go here, I got to go here. This is what you're looking for, right here. Peter goes, this is good. This is good. I think this is what I've been looking for. Can I say it? This is the perfect place. Now, let's be truthful because we're all a little bit shallow. Who has like a perfect place? Like for me, it would be like, oh, I got to be somewhere on a beach surfing. <clears throat> um, I got to be on a mountaintop. I got to be here. I got to be here. But let's also acknowledge a couple of things about physical places. They can do us some good. I'm, I'm not down in that. 
I was once at an amusement park that said it was the happiest place on earth. So it was advertised. You may know of it. It has signs everywhere, the happiest place on earth. And I looked around and I saw some unhappy people. I didn't understand. How's that work? Well, what, how it works is this. The happiness is here. It's not here. If you understand, if you get that, life is going to be so good for you. Spiritual growth is about finding God here. Connecting. And once you do that, you, you understand that it is good. And Peter goes, let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So unselfish of Peter, never thought of himself. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. He goes, let's just, let's just hold on to this experience. Now, some of you have had some transcendent experiences. Man, I remember. I remember. Boom, it was clear. And if you have, you wanted time to stop. We need to freeze this moment. But the reality is, this is a moment that is not to be frozen. We have to go back down the mountain again. Here's what I think about when I think about our relationship with God. <clears throat> I think God wants us to see him face to face. I think God wants to have these moments so that not that we can build shelters and stay there, but so that we can carry him with us down the mountain. When you're seeing God face to face, It's almost like you don't see anything else. It's almost like nothing else matters. But we all kind of live in nine to five world, right? We have regular pressures, regular jobs, emails, people banging on our door, people asking things of us, demanding things of us. You get tired and people pulling you here and pulling you there. That's the real world. But what you do is you carry that with you down the mountain. I think that's what it meant when Jesus talked about my peace I give to you. How is it that some people can be in the biggest storm of life and they're at peace? They're okay. It's somehow they've carried something from the mountain. Somehow they've seen him face to face somehow. We get to the mountain less, there's less people, there's less noise, there's less traffic, there's just less. And so God comes into focus. This is a really, this can be very helpful and very practical for some of you. You ever think about like people closing their eyes when they pray? Just kind of like something we grow up with, like bow your head, close your eyes. What is that for? I think somehow when we close our eyes, it helps us to see what is unseen. But when we're always looking and we always see things everywhere around us, then we, we, we can't see the most obvious thing, the presence of God. We can't become aware.
There have been scientific studies done, uh, people done reports on research from certain phenomena, like people, uh, miners who are trapped in a dark tunnel for days, dark, dark, darkness everywhere, and they get this keen sense of perception. Something else heightens in their awareness. Or people that have been trekking in like Antarctica, and they have white everywhere. They only can see white, and so they have this heightened sense. Can I tell you, you're swimming in God today. You just have to learn to see him. How do you become aware? How do you climb the mountain? You're going to have to leave a few people behind. I don't mean you're better than them. I don't mean anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes, uh, you ever gone to a, like a, a football party and you couldn't watch the game because everybody was too many people there. <laughs> too much screaming, too much noise, too much sidecar, this and that. Like, I actually came to watch a football game. <laughs> and this is, happens to us all the time. It's all the noise, all of the distractions, all the stuff around us, and we can't see clearly. In our modern world, they just call this mindfulness. It's just the same thing with different words. Are you aware of what is right in front of you? When the book of Revelation was written at the very beginning, early on, the writer says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. What does that mean? What does that mean? I was in the spirit. Some altered state? I don't know, Pastor, you should be telling us that's why we're here, but I don't know. But it's something different than just, just walking around. Is that possible like for regular people, like with jobs at Ford? Yeah. That's exactly who it's for. in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I'm afraid we bought somewhere along the line a more shallow sense of spirituality. I'll just call it that. That you go to church, do your thing, you give your praise to God, you give a little money, you do a little volunteer, you get back home and you get on with your life and we don't merge the two together. But we got to be able to be in the spirit when we're at the cubicle. We got to be able to be in the spirit when we're driving down the freeway. We got to be able, and we got to be able to access the presence of God. Because if you can't, what good is it? Sometimes less is more. You get, you climb the mountain and you reach a higher stage. Now, if you're a real mountaineer, they would do a thing they call, um, I think they call it acclimatizing, right? All of a sudden, your body's not used to this atmosphere, this level. And so your, your body will revolt. I, I remember skiing out 
less and you know most of the time I did a decent job but you know sometimes you know when you're young you think I don't I, blah, blah. anybody anybody young like me once and like I don't listen to all that just get out there and ski and man the next day I had a headache it felt like someone just had a hammer just smashing me on the head like this Drink water, go slow, acclimatize yourself. <laughs> Couldn't get out of bed. The headache was so bad. Your body, but your body, if you do it, and you live there, and you move in, and you stay, your body changes. You get used to that level. But if you stay here, your body gets used to this. Sometimes people will talk to you about spiritual things. And you just look at him like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that doesn't mean it's not there. Once in a while, close your eyes. Once in a while, put it all away. All of it away. I mean, I, I put myself as guilty number one. I've been sitting there with a laptop, an iPad, a television. Anybody with me? And a book. Well, there's really connecting. Let's practice. Oh, 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 I forgot my cell phone. Of course, never, you know, that far away. Want to practice? Here we go. Let's fold the laptop. Ready? Come on. Oh, it's going to kill you. We're going to turn the cell phone off. It's going to hurt. Do you know right before this experience happens, you see them dazzling in white. There's so much more to God than you and I have ever, ever begun to imagine. Right before this experience, you know what happens? Jesus calls Peter and the disciples, and he says to them, uh, I want to break some news to you. I'm going to die. And Peter's reaction is what? Well, it seems like a good plan because then, you know, everything will work out, and 2,000 years from now, people will be worshiping, and it'll be good. What did Peter say? Never, Lord. Now, first of all, there's a saying now we have to say, never say, but you really should never, ever, ever say never, Lord. It kind of doesn't make any sense. But we say that all the time, whether we say it out loud or not. God's saying something to us and it doesn't fit with what we're doing. Like, no, no, that's not really the plan. Never, Lord. So, well, that, that is the plan. It was devastating to him. And Jesus went on to say something very encouraging, like, unless you die, you'll never live. That's not most people's refrigerator verse. <laughs> the only way to save your life is to lose it. Encouraging verse of the month. That's not on K-Love. Nothing wrong with K-Love. Love K-Love. But you get what I'm saying? There's, these, these sayings are not popular. Why? Why? Because he says you're going to have to die to live. But if you really understand that, you know that that's true in every part of life. I lost a few of you, so I'll get you back. You know what Dan Campbell told his team? 
I'm, I'm quoting roughly. You're going to have to die for this team to live. This ain't going to be about you. This is going to be about what? That's the same thing Jesus was telling Peter. You're going to have to die. It was devastating news to him. But you know what happens? This is really good if you get it. You know when you are most ready to be aware of God? When you got some crushing news. When you are most vulnerable to being aware of God. Hmm? Crushing news for Peter. Then he was ready for the mountain. God has so much more if you're ready to be aware of it. Let me close with this verse. Jacob uh, has this experience where he goes down to sleep and he has this dream and there's there's, there's this ladder connecting heaven and earth, we'll say. Angels ascending and descending on it. The veil was thin. There's a lot more going on here than you can see, you know? If spirituality of church should do anything for you, it should make the veil thin. He wakes up from his sleep and he says, you know what? Genesis 28, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was what? I wasn't aware of it. <laughs> he was here all along. I just, I just wasn't aware. It takes something to make us aware. But I want to guarantee you something like this. God is with you when you are aware of it and when you are not. God is ever-present help in a time of trouble. God is a constant presence in your life. But when you are ready to be aware, who's ever been through a dark time, a deep pit? How many know I was ready? All of a sudden, the senses were heightened, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready, Lord, I'm ready. Huh? And then everything starts going good, you know. Mm. Making money, making money. Things are good, you know what I mean? You're like, God, God, who? You never say it out loud. Too religious for that. Am I right? Am I close? How many... How many of like my grandma's generation, it was like God all the time? And you know, in that generation, you didn't have to talk to them about, was, was it snowing? Were they going to church? Was it snowing? They didn't talk like that. That was nonsense to them. <laughs> old school. You don't want to hear any old school preaching, do you? Like, that was nonsense to them. God. We're talking about God, the creator of the universe. You don't fit God in. Huh? Squeeze a little God in there. You, you revolved your life around that stuff. And it was not the other way around. Just something to think about. 
when things start going really good. But when they aren't going good, God's still there for you. When you get to the mountaintop, you're going to say, this is good. And it could be the worst, most difficult, most dark time of your life, and somehow you're going to, you're going to sense the presence of God. And you're, you're going to go, this is not good, but this is good. what the Bible calls the peace that surpasses human understanding. Because I got this. And if you have this, you don't worry about this. Let's stand. We'll have a closing prayer. Let's think about that phrase this week. I was in the spirit. And let's think about what does that mean? I mean, you, let's, let's do it this way. You know what the opposite means, right? You know what the opposite means. That was me using not nice words to write an email. <laughs> hearts full of rage and anxiety. Hearts this. Anybody? That's, that's probably not in the spirit. So let's go on the full other end of the spectrum. There's somehow the... The peace of God's flowing through you. And yeah, tough stuff's happening around you, but you're connected. Remain in me and I in you. Remain in me and I in you, and you will bear much fruit. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness is just flowing through me. It's got to be something like that. Connected. You know what it's like to be connected, and you know what it's like to be disconnected. So stay connected. Delete the distractions. Yeah, you got to go back down the mountain, fight those battles, and do, do the grind, but you got to get back up there. All right, let's pray. God, teach us to grow. To let go of the lower levels that we've been comfortable with for a long time. Take us to a higher place where we see, where we see clearer. Where maybe it's uncomfortable at first until we settle in and we realize this is better. Give us the grace to make the journey. Fill us with your spirit right now, with your peace, with your presence. So no matter where we go and no matter what we do, we're still connected and you're still flowing through us. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Happy Sunday, Orchard Grove. God bless you. Yeah.